Coming up tonight, one of the biggest returns of the last few years in pro wrestling. Extreme Rules led to six new predictions champions and AEW invaded Canada. Hey yo, it's Thursday and you know what that means. Welcome to Max Wrestling episode 396. This is your captain speaking along with the reigning Max Wrestling television champion, El Jefe Moses Marquez. Top of the morning and congratulations to Canada. Crowd killed it. As expected, um, and also as expected, Canadia will only cheer for Canadians. Hey, that's okay. That's <laughs> all right. I, I like the I like the diversity. The thing that killed me is those guys. A good, all the floor seating, standing room. Yeah. Like, hey, that you you, I I, I say Canadia, you Canadians, man, y'all. I hey, my hats off to you. I ain't got one, but my hats off to you. They know how to pack out a building. I am not standing for that for two hours. For <laughs> two hours. I mean, it was probably longer because they what probably take rampage Mm-mm. or dark or dark. No, they do it like the next. Sometimes they do it the next night or on a different oh. show. <clears throat> like when we went to L.A. and we did the forum show, they actually taped um, uh, rampage on Friday in Ontario. So sometimes they'll do it in different locations. Sometimes they'll tape it. It all depends on what it is. But I guess they're, uh, I guess they're moving. Well, I don't know. They might still be in Canada. I don't hear. I didn't hear that they're. If I got no, if I'm not able to see any spoilers, then then it didn't happen. Yeah, I guess I, it depends because obviously they're in Cincinnati next week. Yep. Oh, that's right. Uh, so before we begin, remember to like and sub on YouTube at youtube.com slash Max Wrestling and follow us on social media at Max Wrestling UK. Now let's jump into our headline this week, which uh, I think, no surprise, is the big return of Bray Wyatt, which most of us knew was coming. We 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 didn't follow the QR. I don't know if you did, but I didn't follow the QR codes. I just looked at everybody else following the QR codes. <laughs> I was with you. I was like, I, you know what? That seems like a little bit too much work for me. Yeah, let them do the donkey work, and I'll just Google it. Um, there you go. Not just Google it. And I, but everybody kind of deduced that it was Bray Wyatt. The clues were fairly obvious, um, yeah. but it was no less a huge moment. The crowd was incredible, and it's all anybody was talking about for like forty-eight hours afterwards. Probably At still least. talking about it for a lot of people. At least 48 hours. I mean, hell, it's still a hot-button topic on TikTok. Apparently, Uncle Dave put his foot in his mouth because, you know, hey, it was a good entrance. It was a this, it was a that. But um, Bray put on some pounds. And, uh, and, as a, and as a hefty guy, why are we getting mad over this? Right. Who I gives mean, a shit? He's looking more like now than he did before he left. He looked very shrunken down. At Mania and stuff like it's so much that we didn't actually think it was him at one point. True, this is true. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I'm all all for somebody getting physically fit and the whole shebang. But you know what? Sometimes you just need to be you. And if he's in a better place, let's 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 emphasize Mm. that. That's the reason why he was gone for so long. He wasn't in the right place. If he's in a better place, who gives a shit if he's a little husky? And also, it's not like it uh, affects his movement. Fuck no. The guy was doing the same shit as Husky Harris when he was damn near 300 pounds. Like, 
I, I always go back to his match with Daniel Bryan at the Rumble. The guy was pretty much the same shape he's in right now, and he was rolling around, diving around, jumping around. The guy can move. Big there's guys a, can move, bro. There's there's a difference between being fat and being big framed, but still athletic. Exactly. You Such can be as, a big guy, and you can be a fat guy. Yeah. And Bray's a big guy. And exactly, Bray is a big guy. <laughs> you may you may want to call him fat, but I assure you, a fat guy can't do what Bray can. <laughs> Hence the distinction. I'm I'm not even half the size of Bray, and I can't do the shit he can do. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? It like, rolls. The you know what I mean? Hey, and he can roll where yeah, the rolls. Yeah, he can roll. We have rolls. Exactly. There you go. I like that. <laughs> I like that a lot. Same with Kevin Owens. Um. He's always had the same Prime treatment. Example. And I mean, he and blocked Melissa Joan Hart for calling for saying he needs to lose, lose a couple of pounds. Shit. And the, has KO slid? I mean, at all? No. I haven't. I mean, I think I think he did like a little bit. He he stopped wearing the stupid uh, compression thing underneath the shirt. Yeah. And then now I'm like, yeah, yeah, he just, yeah, maybe he got a little bit into shape, but he doesn't give a fuck. No. Did Harley Race give a shit? No. Come and on. Dusty? Oh, fuck. Come on, bro. No. Yeah, cause there you go. Fucking prime example. Did Dusty Rhodes give a shit about his weight? I don't think so. <laughs> and we shouldn't be giving a shit about weight either. Come on, Dave. What we should be talking about when it comes to Bray is the impact that um, return made. Again, you, how- you said it beautifully. 48 hours after the fact still happening. And how freaking perfect that whole production was. I know he's been compared to The Undertaker many, many times in the past, mm-hmm. but I got so many Undertaker vibes from that whole return segment. It was excellent. It was fucking beautifully done and just piece of piece of piece of piece. And then now, just like the how the QR codes and the videos and the teases got you thinking other things. At one point, we thought, okay, well, whatever, if it's not Bray... You know, Karrion Cross is going to get the White Rabbit gimmick back from Lucha Underground, and I'm just like, lawyers, but whatever. But now it's, it, you know, it's not that. It's it, it's it's different. But then again, now you're looking at it as, are these people, are like, all the guys, are they different characters? Are they going to wrestle with these fucking masks? You know what I mean? Now, that cool speculation is out there. He is bringing so much fucking attention, it's ridiculous. And all he did... Was show up and turn off his lamp. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know if he spoke and said, I'm here, but I was listening for it, waiting for it. But I, I don't know if the crowd was too loud or if he didn't speak, but the light went out pretty quickly. So I don't I, know if he actually said anything. I want to say I heard him say something, <laughs> but then again, you know, I no, I can't say I did. But then again, if I could just add beautiful job by trips. For bringing back the fucking logo. I mean, the NXT OK show's over. I was like, okay, you know what? Hey, hey, good show. I enjoyed a good show. Uh Uh-oh, what the fuck's going on? And it was great. It was great because you didn't expect it on the main. You expect it on NXT. You don't expect it on the main. I I mean, the idea was in the back of my head because I always, I, for the whole week, I was feeling bad for Riddle and Rollins because... As as good as the match was, a lot of people were pretty much convinced that Bray was going to show up at the end. So it was kind of like, come on, 
I just want to see yep. the end. It's a little foreshadowed. Like, come on, get over with. Yep, I get you. Um, but when I, I don't even know what time the show ended, but I was just watching Matt go up the ramp and thought, well, Bray's obviously going to come right at the end because they did the whole tease at the beginning, mm-hmm. and it was pretty much confirmed that they were going to reveal the identity of who it was at Extreme Rules. So you knew it was going to happen right at the end, especially when the main event started. Yeah, um, that's true. I didn't. I wasn't sure if he was going to use the, the, the good, good graphic trick that he did in NXT, but I was expecting Bray to show up right at right at the end of the match. Were you expecting this gigantic like extravaganza of characters, or were you just expecting just like random fog, and then like the lamp just comes out or whatever? You know what I mean? Were you expecting something uh, more simplistic? Is what I'm asking. Probably. I, I don't exactly know what I was expecting, but I didn't expect, like, the whole characters and all over the arena and everything. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about it was every element they added to that segment, the crowd popped. That's true. Every single bit. They were loving every second of it because you didn't know, was he one of the characters? Was it, oh, my God, there's the fiend? Oh, and they then, popped for that, but. <laughs> that was huge because they were like, well, there it is. There he is. Wait. Oh, wait a minute. And there it is, some more, some more in the background. So, the, again, lots of questions. Yeah. After his debut, he's here. Now what? I guess we'll find out tomorrow. It has to be SmackDown. Yeah, it fucking has to be SmackDown. I, 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 I like the trick they pulled on Raw, though, because they knew everybody was going to tune into Raw to see what Bray does next. Mm-hmm. But he wasn't really on the show. All they really did was show the whole segment in its entirety again, which is great. You get the whole segment for free. Um, but he did kind of drop a couple of vignettes and a couple of cryptic videos. And we'll pretty much find out what's next tomorrow night on SmackDown. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, they got my view. Yeah. Uh, it's been questioned, but I'm pretty much convinced it was planned. The 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 door with the blue light tribute to Brody Lee. Beautiful. You know, I was curious if that was a tribute or not, but okay, good. I'm happy. I mean, it looks familiar. And then somebody pointed it out the next day, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course it is. Yeah, the guys did in Discord, but I was like, I don't know, maybe it's just a coincidence. I'm not buying it. But then again, we're, I, I, and I'm not I need to get used to it's not ran by the old man who doesn't think <laughs> with a heart, who doesn't have a heart. <laughs> so. What what what's a what's a Mr. Brody Lee? What's a what? I don't know what that means. What do you mean he's making fun of me? I like his act. It's <laughs> all so watching the videos and shit. Who are these fucking young buck fellas? Well, we tried to hire him and they just said fuck up. Ah, do it again. Yeah. Um. So the members of what is potentially the Wyatt Six. So all these Firefly Funhouse Ooh. characters that have come together, come to life, um, they're suspected to be like Cross. Um, Dexter Loomis, Liv Morgan is supposed to be Abby the Witch, which yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she does join in because she did. Her, she just went psycho after her match against Ronda. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people actually saw that, but like she was just backstage on the floor looking crazy. Uh, almost like she should have been sat in the corner flicking the light on and off. I did not pay attention to that. 
But it was weird watching the match with Ronda and how it ended. Like she passed out smiling. I mean, she passed out with Ronda's ass on her face. But I mean, <laughs> but if that that was like if it was a switch, then it was a very sudden switch because there hasn't really been any build up to live going crazy. No, I mean, no, just yeah. There's been I mean, a build would, to her I... maybe turning heel, but. Yeah, I mean, it would make a little bit more sense if it was like Alexa, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because then it it fits better. But I mean, I don't. She didn't she have like a dark period before she got over? Like, didn't I swear to God she had this randomly dark character for a little bit? Well, when when she first came back and interrupted the wedding with Lana and everything, there was these segments about her. Kind of psycho, I guess, like smashing mirrors and stuff or looking in a mirror. Uh, and then there was that whole lesbian angle that they brushed under the rug. Uh, we don't do the lesbian <laughs> stuff around here. Um, yeah, that that very much got forgotten pretty quickly. They're like, do you guys not remember the goddamn fucking, <laughs> fucking Chuck, Chuck and Billy? But I mean, she's she also has a real life relationship with Bo, who's rumored to be coming back too. Obviously, Bray's brother. Yeah, where the fuck has that guy fucking been? He's I mean, been gone for like. When did he get fired? Six years? No. He's been gone for like at least three. I'm over here oh. fucking doubling it up. He got released last year in the budget shots. But how long is he since he's been on TV? I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> that, you're fucking lying to me because I ain't seen that bastard in a minute. Fuck, he's been gone. He's been off television, I want to say, three years. Uh, no, probably like a little over two. Oh, he had he had a neck injury. Uh-huh. So he, he was released last year, almost exactly a year before that. Curtis Axel was released, and obviously they were a tag team. But his final appearance was November 2019. Yeah. Guy's been off television for almost three fucking years. God damn. Even though he only got released last year, he was still in 2K20. I mean, that's fantastic. I'm so glad for you that you made fucking video game royalties. Wasn't in 2K22. A lot of people that are in AEW are still in 2022. Whatever, make your royalties. I mean. (laughs) <laughs> Make your bread however you can. It's just I don't know. I was a fan. I was a fan of Bo Dallas. I would, you know, I I believed, and then he just fucking all momentum died. But then again, that was the way of the old man. That was the way of VK. You know, you don't get hot and wanted to give him three four weeks, mm. you're fucking out of there, bud. I'm like, who the fuck do you expect to get hot in three four weeks? And the Mister was getting over too. This is true. This is true. I mean, it was working. Uh, why they stopped that? I mean, the fucked up thing is, is the Miz has like helped make fucking people, and Vince is like, nah, fuck that shit. And it's like, come on, the fucking Miz, the fucking Miz is helping you like boost fucking guys. I mean, Curtis Axel was fucking relevant for a little bit. You know what I mean? He was fucking relevant. Fucking like I said, Bo Dallas looked like uh, he looked like the Bo Dallas of NXT. Yeah, and and granted, 
he, that wasn't a, the, the greatest run either, but it was a hell of a lot better than what he did. This is true. I mean, he was, what was he, the third NXT champion? I want to say third, because I want to say Big E was the second. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Rollins, Big E, Bo. Or was there somebody in between Bo and Big E? I can't remember. I don't think it was. No, I want to say it was Bo, then it was Neville, then Sammy. Yeah. I want to say that's right. But yeah, now you mention it, Miz really is a star maker. He, re- I mean, look at all the factions he's been in. Like, let's let's think about it. Uh, let's see here. Um, hold on, now I gotta look up fucking Miz's factions. <laughs> Shit, he had one in Conveniently enough, he is going to be mentioned in this week in wrestling history for this course, very reason. Of course, he is. Of course, I mean, like fucking him and fucking him and the uh, uh, guy John Morrison. John Morrison came back old, decrepit, and nobody gave a shit. And at least I thought he was funny. At least I thought the shit was funny. Uh, let's see what other fucking dumbass team did he do? He had what was the one? The Misfits. Yeah. You know he helped fucking uh, he helped boot. Who else was in there? It was Christian. Uh, 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 I want to say Morrison. Who was the big dude? Tyson. Oh. Who was the I big was the one fucking that was muscle dude that they had? Oh, shit. I'm looking shit up right now. This was like, what, 2014? I'm trying to think who was even there then. I want to say, like, fucking... Goddamn. No, no, they didn't have a big dude. Tyson Kidd? When the fuck did they have Tyson Kidd? Miz, John Morrison, Christian Cage, or Christian... Oh, Christian Cage, anyway. Tyson. And Tyson Kidd. Oh, I was, well, I thought they had a big dude, but I'm, I must be thinking of just a different thing. He was running around with Alex Riley for a while, and he's kind of big. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did run around with Alex Riley for a little bit. Brought him up, didn't he? Was the guy that brought him up from NXT? Yeah, and then he went back to NXT. And he went back. Goddamn! Went back to NXT because he uh, ran into John Cena. Yeah, well, that <laughs> happens. That's going to happen. But I mean, like, yeah, he's a star maker. I mean, and then to, to if we could, and I have, because we kind of have to, the guy's got a fucking main event coming up in goddamn Saudi Arabia, for fuck's sake. Logan Paul. He helped make Logan Paul. Yeah, he did. I mean, the, the, guy, the guy is fucking helpful, man. He's, he's literally... Been, been, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He's been, he's been a guiding light for a lot of fucking guys who, who have way more in-ring experience than he does. And yet he's a guiding light. He he knows the ways of sports entertainment. You guys know yeah. how to do your fucking craft. I know how to get fucking over, which and, uh... is crazy. Now, for for an unspecified reason, we've got him under the watchful eye of Dexter Loomis. Is that is that is that an eye you want to be under? I mean, not really. <laughs> I mean, he's creepy as all hell. At least he's athletically creepy. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been entertaining, but it's also been like, what, what does he want? I want to know what he wants. I want. Like he's already kidding. He's been in his house. What does he want? What are you after? What are you after? He's already kidnapped him. He's been in his house. What's the end game? He wants to tag with him. I mean, that's how it worked with uh, with the uh, theory. 
I was just going to say, I was like, somebody got kidnapped and then they started tagging. Was that an NXT thing? Yeah. Because then, of course. Who the fuck got kidnapped? Well, Fury, to... Fury got kidnapped. Did they team up after that? Oh, yeah. Well, they kind, they, he kind of teamed up with The Way because, obviously, Indy was a member oh, of The Way. Oh, that's right. We had Index. That, mm, yep. After we had the fucking random luchadors fucking stealing people, it was The Way. So, uh, Johnny and Candice are like, oh, welcome in, like, Indy's new boyfriend. And Johnny's like, uh, Fury's like, you forgetting you kidnapped me? Oh, yeah. That's right. Did Something. you guys kidnap me? <laughs> we don't talk about that. That's fucking, they love to cover shit up all the time. Yeah, and let's not talk about the cake botch. No, no, we like, don't talk about like, Maurice did go into the cake, but not all of it. Like, she, I don't know if she was meant to miss it the first time, but <laughs> she kind of stumbled, I, fell back, and then he kicked her into the table, and she just almost missed the cake. Yeah, I know. I was more worried about an injury than she was laying into the cake. Like, oh, shit, don't smash your head. Yeah, I don't know. That, uh, that, I want to say that was just like she just, you know, misstepped or whatever. Cause I was like, you know, she's normally down to take a sale. Yeah. And it's not the first time her and Miz have had a cake smashed. No. Fuck no. Shit. How many goddamn <laughs> cakes have they gone through? I mean, she, they've been, they've been a thing since. I want to say like 2012. No, before that. Probably before that. Because they've been married since. Fuck. Oh. Married a long time. Yeah. There was that great episode of Ms. and Mrs. where she wanted a cake uh, that was very expensive. He went for the cheaper one. Oh, that was fucking episode one, homeboy. Was it episode one? Jeez. That was episode one. I've and, and again, this is the guy that watched their fucking series because it's fucking hilarious. It's yeah. fucking hilarious. Episode one, yeah, they gotta go get this goddamn cake and they're like uh, his <laughs> his dad's the best. Is that oh, why are we gonna pay for a driver? Like, we can just move the cake. Or, Dad, it's an expensive cake. It's <laughs> ah, no big deal. Like it's like the bad advice, Dad. Like you always listen to the bad advice, Dad. But it doesn't matter. It's bad advice, Dad. Like you would think, like his dad would sit in the back with the cake, but no, they both sit in the front. They just dump the cake on the back seat. He slams on his brakes, and the freaking cake just falls forward. And he tells him too, "Why aren't you sitting in the back? Right. Well, I like it up here." <laughs> but the best thing is, he makes it up to her by going back and buying the expensive cake she wanted in the first place. Oh, yeah, you know, because that's every man's dream is to spend, like, six grand on fucking cake. <laughs> After already spending whatever on another cake that you broke. Oh, Jesus. The things we do for love. Yeah, happy wife, happy life. Hey, that's the fucking truth. <laughs> All right, and now for stupid shit people say online, this is shit marks say. OMG, Kevin Nash. Who the hell told you tonight was open Tell me you did not just say that. WTF thought he was dead, LOL. Names have been changed to protect their stupidity. I keep forgetting to do that tagline. It's fantastic. Um, so I know people have been ripping Dave Meltzer on TikTok this week over his Bray Wyatt comments. Yeah, there's been more than a few. Um, and that, that's, been the, that's been the hot topic on TikTok right now. I guess... Uh, 
on last Saturday's review. I was going to say Sunday because no, the show was on Saturday. Last Saturday's review of Extreme Rules by Wrestling Observer. Uh, Dave and, and Brian were going into it, and Dave was talking about Bray's return and how, you know, oh, this was, ex- you know, uh, you know over elaborate and this and that. Everything was good. And then he talks about him being husky, you know, him being, you know, he, well, he was very heavy. You know, he looks like he's put on a weight, you know, he looks like he's been eating well, was the, oh no, um, that was the comment made by Vinny Verhey when they were doing the Brian and Vinny show. And he looks like he's been eating well. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to, as, as a, as a subscriber, I was, again, I've, I've admitted this many times as a subscriber to that network. Uh, I, I'm not going to say I'm going to defend them, but I'm going to say, are we really, are we really going to get this upset over fat jokes? I mean, are they in the right to, to make fat jokes? Yes and no. I'm going to say no, mainly because any, any weight this guy would have put on, Makes him look big. He was slimmed. He was toned. He looked like a fucking wrestler. He looked like a, like he had a fucking wrestler build. He was stocky. And then he goes on hiatus. How long was he on hiatus? Well over a year? Yeah, I'm going to say close to two years, actually, because his contract was, uh, was it last October? Something like that. I'm not too sure. But the, the thing that... Excuse me. The thing I'm driving at is mental health. The guy had he took a break for mental health. He went through the thing because you know he lost a brother. He couldn't really catch himself. He couldn't really find himself. And you know, unfortunately, stuff happens when you go through some things. You some people put on weight. Some people lose a lot of weight. Some people get a new addiction. Something happens after you lose somebody special in your life, like him losing a brother. Unfortunately, he packed on some weight. I don't remember nobody complaining about his weight when he was the eater of worlds going up against John Cena. I don't remember nobody complaining about his weight when the Wyatt family was over like nobody's fucking business in NXT. So stop with the thing. Like, because again, nobody said nothing about Dusty Rhodes neither. If we're going to keep going back and forth and make it talk about Kevin Owens, talk about fat people like nobody's talking about their weight. Stop talking about his weight. And on top of that, for the for the now, so that's that's for the wrestling observers, motherfuckers right there. That's them. them, them those are my peoples. But you're going to get checked when you're fucking up. Now, for the TikTok social media side, just because somebody calls them fat doesn't mean we need to go ballistic. Did everybody go ham when Nia Jax got called fat? Nope. Nope. Did everybody go fucking bananas when Kevin Owens was getting called fat by fucking um who uh Cornette? I, I want yeah by Cornette? No. You know, like stop picking and choosing your battles. Okay, I understand. Yeah, da, 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 actually, what was the one? There was um there was a comment made. I, I don't want to fucking go scrolling around because I'm going to end up diving deep into some shit. There was a comment made on my man Self Bet Wrestling's video. By the way, if you're if you're following us on TikTok, go follow Self Bet Wrestling. He's the man. Helps us out as well. Um, but he made a comment that said, oh, well, if Bray Wyatt showed up in AEW, he, you know, he wouldn't make that comment. You know, did he make a comment when Kenny was out of shape? And my answer was, yes, he did. Yes, yes, Dave Meltzer did. Dave Meltzer said, well, geez, Kenny looks like he's not in the greatest of shape. 
You know, he's wearing a compression vest. He's wearing the thing. He's obviously not 100%, so he can't be in the best of shape. So we understand where this guy's dynamic is. We know he's going to comment on weight because he's fucking 50 fucking plus years old and jacked because all he does is type and work out. And then we're just going to fucking just go, but like, go ballistic over the return of Bray Wyatt, over the return of Wyndham Rotunda to professional wrestling, whether it be AEW, Impact, WWE, whatever. Let's be happy he's back. Stop worrying about some stupid negative bullshit and let's let's start getting our brain uh, fantasy booking. We love to do what's going to happen. That's my only question right now. After this, what's next? I keep saying that shit. What's next? Yeah, he seems to be merging gimmicks too. Yeah, yeah, and like merging old gimmicks with a new one is great. It's fantastic because you're he's he's evolving. He how always many, does. How many people in fucking pro wrestling, in pro wrestling, I was just going to say in WWE, in pro wrestling, take a character and evolve it? There's not that many. No, I think this is why he always got so many comparisons to The Undertaker, because mm-hmm. even though Taker played pretty much the same gimmick for all this time, he always managed to change it a little bit. Yep, subtle tweaks. He used to be the actual... Undertaker, where he would build caskets and dig graves, and the Paul Bear would do these fucking vignettes. This was early 90s. Then he came, then he became just the silent killer. And he yeah. went from the, uh, what was it, the all black attire with the fucking uh, purple wristbands and shit to he had like a, an all, he went all super goth in the middle yeah. of the fucking 90s. You know what I mean? Ministry Taker was badass. Yeah. He really was, though. I fucking let to Ministry Taker to he went to fucking Biker Taker. People still want Biker Taker back. Like, I still want Biker Taker back. Like, and then he went back to the dead man. It's, it's how, who, again, who can do that? I know of another dude, Sting. He's yeah. the only other cat who's able to have the same gimmick. He was just able to go dark, but yet still be a face. It, of course, it, Joker doesn't work, it doesn't work for everybody. And then you got Cena, who the only gimmick, the only change he ever made to his gimmick was the color of his t-shirt. You know what? But that's okay because he evolves with the brighter the color. <laughs> okay, because I mean, no, let's, to be super <laughs> honest, I mean, was his last shirt not white because he couldn't get no brighter? I think it was green, actually. I don't get the which would have made sense because he came back at Money in the Bank. Money's green. Cena's green. Better be a highlighter green. I swear to God. (laughs) All right, onto the other social media side of Shitmark Say. Um, This one's actually from our social media. This this one was on the Mac Wrestling Group. Uh, This this is Hey Dougie. Anybody with kids will get that reference. Or in the UK, anyway. I don't know if it shows over there. What show is it? (laughs) Hey Dougie. Oh no. I'm about to say, we're, we're, we got the Bluey obsession over here. So well, what, I think, was that Australia? Yeah, Hey Bluey's Australia. Hey Dougie is English, and it's also about a dog, and it ends every single episode with, well, that was fun, wasn't it, Dougie? <laughs> and it's just a fantastic. giant dog. That's fantastic. Um, 
So I made a point of how great Bray's return was and um, pretty much uh, showing respect to Triple H for putting it together and pretty much saying, you know, if anybody knows how to make a great return and great entrance, it's Triple H. Back in A. Um, Dougie uses the laugh reaction and I'm just like, what's so funny? I'm literally just, you know, saying it was great. do that. Like, right. if, like if it's so goddamn funny, tell me what's so fucking funny. Fucking dirt sheet radio. Every time they post it, somebody signed with AEW. Yeah, like, right. There's a bunch of people just laughing. I'm like, what? What the fuck's funny about signing with a company? Um, <laughs> they went there. And okay. Doug, Dougie explains nobody will be talking about Bray Wyatt's return one month from now, let alone years to come. I beg to differ. Um, his original build-up with the Wyatt family is more memorable. Um, I mean, the debut on Raw was great, and it mm-hmm. was very memorable. Um, but people don't really talk about it that much. No, I don't remember talking about the, you know, the Bray Wyatt, or sorry, the, uh, the Wyatt family debut. I, I, truth be told, I remember fucking Cash and Enzo's a little bit more. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm just being real. I'm just being real. I'm sorry. I remember it because I wasn't really watching NXT. I don't think I was watching NXT at all when they debuted on Raw. Um, so I had no idea who they were, and I was just immediately exposed to them and immediately thought they were amazing. Uh, and his, I remember his promo almost word for word that night. But other than that, it was a great promo. Yeah, other than that, people don't really talk about it. It was a memorable debut, but. That's it. Um, so I said half the crowd didn't even know who he was when he debuted. I'm one of them. Um, because NXT wasn't nearly as recognized as it is now. The whole it's arena true. blew up for him at Extreme Rules and popped each time another element to that set piece was added, which we just said. Um, <laughs> Dougie says that's because they piped in reaction. Okay. Uh, I mean, why? I'm, why? I'm sure, sure, a little bit. Go ahead. Wyatt is just flavor of the month like damage control was two months ago. Hmm. Ah. Hmm. Like damage control was two months ago. Um, and I'm going to say this. I don't defend. It's been a while since I've gone on the defense of the E. So this is this is new to me. And I apologize if this sounds weird to our regular listeners. Um. Papa H has been doing a fucking excellent job. Let me repeat myself. A fucking excellent job in bringing back talent that should not have been released from this company, let alone any goddamn company. He's I, – I had the fucking list in front of me. The, the amount of people – he brought back the Good Brothers. He brought back Bray Wyatt. After a two-year mental hiatus where the guy was teasing signing with the rival company AEW, he brought back Io Shirai. He brought back Dakota Kai. Who else has he brought back? He brought back fucking Brock is Johnny. still hanging around. Johnny Wrestling. Johnny Gargano. Isn't his wife on the main now? Yeah, Candice is back too. Candice LeRae. There was, I remember, I have vivid conversations, vivid conversations of Candice LeRae would never be on the main roster. Candice LeRae would never be on the main roster. No matter what you do, Candice LeRae will never be on the main roster. Check it out, Jack. She's on the main roster. Johnny Gargano, another cat. Tommaso Ciampa. This company's slowly evolving. 
and it's because of Papa H. Yeah, VK used to bring up NXT people and, you know, do this and that. And yeah, it would get a pop. It would get a pop, sure, because again, there are some people that are diehards. They're watching Wednesdays, they don't care. But as Daz just said, some people weren't watching Wednesdays. So when they showed up, you're kind of, uh, who the fuck are you? In this instance, it, 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 it's all been different. All of it's been different. It's people we know. People that they've tried with failed. So now here's a real attempt. Yeah. A real attempt. So just to, but to fucking bring up something that was as men, and, and I hate to diminish it like that. I do. But to bring up something as minuscule as the Wyatt family debut compared to this gigantic return is dumb as shit. And the first and the, the piping in comment, if they did, who gives a shit? I saw everybody on their feet. Okay. If it wasn't as loud as it was supposed to be, it was visually loud. Yeah. I think that was actually that was my reply. Uh, piped in my ass. There wasn't a single person in that crowd that didn't have their phone lit up and on their feet. This is the, exactly. And you know, Philly is a loud, hardcore wrestling city. They don't need anything piped in. <laughs> and on top of that, let's let's be real. Look look at what you just said. Philly is a hardcore wrestling town. You think they're just gonna stand up for some bullshit? You really think you're gonna get these cats on their feet for nah. some re- for some average ass shit? We know how they react to bullshit. We remember the Royal Rumble from 2015. Thank you so much. If they don't want it, if they don't like it, they're not gonna say nothing. But when you're fucking on your goddamn feet, screaming on the top of your lungs because somebody's back. Moves are made in the right way So to think that this isn't going to be remembered In a month is fucking ridiculous Absolutely Ridiculous because guess what Now you got another major player Coming back remember that whole You know that whole fucking stereotype AEW has oh their roster is so bloated Yeah what the fuck is Going down with the E they're getting (laughs) That motherfucking roster is bloated again (laughs) But it's a good thing Let them be bloated let multiple main event stars shine on both of these companies. Good for Bray. I hope he gets fucking immediately thrown in a title picture. I fucking really do. And as far as damage control goes, yeah, okay, the booking's been questionable. They've lost matches they should have won. But are they not now two out of three of them tag team champions? And Bailey's back in the title picture. She's wrestling again. I was just going to say, aren't they women like, tag team champs? They're still pretty relevant to the women's division. They're there every single week on Raw, front and center. So because they're not relevant to you, partner, does not mean they're not relevant to the rest of the 2 million people watching. Yeah, Raw's creeping up to 2 million again. And again, for the the fucking TikTokers who are fucking swapping on, yeah, that the AEW guy's talking that. Yes, yes, sir. (laughs) Because it's factuals. It's the facts. And And I talk... With fucking with facts And if it's and if it's right it's right Whether my opinion of some shit or not Everything has been good since Papa H took over they've got me To the point where I'm watching I'm trying to watch Smackdown tomorrow I watch highlights of Raw mainly because Monday I have to do a lot of homework but that's about it you And know it's what three mean? hours long It's three hours long 
I, you know what? I kind of wouldn't give a shit. I just, I get too distracted. I can't watch it and do homework, even though I got two giant screens. I probably could, but. <laughs> uh, next up, we have Twilight, but not too bright. Oh, God. Uh, TK is pushing Sammy to the moon, and Triple H is pushing Cross to the moon. Can we all agree that the only good booker in America right now is Scott Damore? I beg your what? First of all, I don't see what's wrong with pushing Karrion Cross, but I mean, Sammy's a little controversial, but um, I don't like to shit on Impact because they've dealt with so much shit over the years and they're still kicking. But I mean... Scott, the more best booker, like really bound for glory, your biggest pay-per-view of the year was on a Friday with no... Promotion. No, nobody knew it was freaking on, apart from diehard oh. Impact fans. Mm-hmm. You had Bully Ray come back to win the Call Your Shot Gauntlet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what the? F- I think Scott's been purchasing some things from TK when he was booking this show. I mean, okay. I will. I don't want to completely shit on this dude because Scott Demore has been. He's been. He's oh god, I hate saying it like this. He's been a good booker. Okay, yeah. he's been a good booker. Better than Papa H, no. Better than TK, hell no. And I'm not saying it like that out of bias because the reality is, is right now I could probably lean a little bit more towards Papa H being better than TK just because of the shit that's going on with the TK. Yeah. And then you bring up the Sammy thing, which, by the way, that was my first video back. It was like, hey, you know, should we be mad at Sammy? And I immediately got hit with the bull. It wasn't a fight. So and they're not suing each other. So it doesn't matter. Okay, well, well, here's my gimmick. With the Bucks and and Kenny and and, and Punk and all that, there was an there was an issue that started and it blew up. And now these motherfuckers are suspended. With Sammy, there was an issue. It blew up. And now. Fucking somebody's possibly fired or somebody's leaving the company. But again, because it wasn't a real fight, we can't get mad. But you can have a Twitter beef. You can talk all the shit you want and you can still get your main events. You can still get put on. I mean, I understand where we need to be, you know, like, oh, well, this is not as cut and dry, but but it is. You know what I mean? But it is. It's fucking TikTok people. I've seen people calling Sammy uh, pussy and stuff because he didn't fight back. Like, what What did you want him to do? Like, throw some punches back and he gets suspended too? But thank you. That's what I was literally just going to say. I was like, so, you, so, so you're mad at him? So I'm mad at him because, well, first off, he's, he's running his mouth. Ma- well, he is running his mouth. Let's, let me yeah. stop myself. As much as he was probably defending AEW when it got to the backstage part, on Twitter, you're running your mouth. Okay? And somebody's checked you. And now it's a fucking problem. But again, it's all of this is happening because you're running your mouth. You know what I mean? So you're the guy starting the conflict. People squash. It's it's become a fucking it's become a problem. But I don't know. It's just I'm, I'm off on a on a rant with this whole bit. But yeah, so you know, TK TK isn't he's not a bad booker because of that. You know, he's. Has he booked it? Has he not made the greatest business management decisions? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of cats that'll agree with that statement. But a bad booker, no. I mean, hell, last night, 
Look at fucking last night for crying out loud. Orange Cassidy finally wins a belt. You know, it was a great thing there. They, uh, it, um, I was about to really say there was a really good story between Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. It's not. I, I'm going to shit on it later. Um, you know, but a decent story between they're building, uh, they're building a, a bigger story with uh, uh, with Danny Garcia and, and Jericho. You know, as much as I thought fucking Redry should have won last night, it makes perfect sense what they're doing. They're dragging this whole thing out. I mean, the next fucking Ring of Honor pay per view. For all we know, there's another turn and DG goes goes face. It's setting up for many things, but but again, to 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 emphasize. Scott Demore on the on the level of these cats? No. No. What else happened about Bull? Uh what else happened about so Bully Ray won the gauntlet. Uh oh, Josh Alexander retained against Eddie Edwards. I mean, that was a good booking. Jordan Grace is still the knockouts champion. Um the Kingdom retained the tag team titles against the Motor City Machine Guns. Uh the Death Doll, this is how hard to touch I am with Impact. Mm-hmm. Jessica Havoc and Taya Valkyrie um, are the new Knockouts Tag Team Champions. They defeated Chelsea team. Green and Deanna Perrazzo. Uh Mickey James defeated Mia Yim. Obviously, Mickey James doing the whole Ric Flair thing where the next match she loses, she's done. Sure. All right. And Kazarian defeated Mike Bailey for the X Division title. So, I mean, most of it was okay, or sounds okay, but... The only thing I saw, and this was obviously the longest match of the night, was Bully Ray winning the Call Your Shot gauntlet. That sticks out like a sore thumb. It does. I'm sorry. It does. I'm, I can I can even give you Frankie Kazarian as the X Division champ. I'll give you a fucking thumbs up on that one. Like, okay, I'll fuck with you on that. But what the fuck is Bill? Why? Why? Why is Bully Ray back? Why? With all the fucking talent out there. The mounds of talent, and I know that there's some out there that like we might not have heard of, but with their connects with fucking AAA and all these other companies, you couldn't get anybody the fuck else. And I'm not saying it to be disrespectful. I'm just this is this is a very WCW move. Bring yeah. back a super old head. And I mean, honestly, there wasn't really that many young guys in the match, like Eric Young. Uh, PCO. I'm, uh, not, I don't, I'm not necessarily tripping about the young guy factor. I'm just if you're gonna bring somebody who's not Impact or who's former Impact back to Impact, there's there's got to be somebody better than Bully Ray. I mean, th- for a match like this, where you know you win a trophy, it's pretty much money in the bank. You can cash it in for a title shot anytime within a year, and you fill it with. Guys like Rhino, Tommy Dreamer, and then Bully Ray. And Bully Yikes. Ray fucking wins it. Bobby Fish was in it too. Bobby Fish just debuted over there, so it's I I guess. But goddamn. Half the match people were in their forties. But then you also had young guys like, you know, um Johnny Swinger. I was gonna say Johnny Swinger. Like Steve Macklin, who was the last one eliminated. Oh yeah. I mean youngish. Young-ish. But it was also into gender, so you also had, like, Killer Kelly in there. You had uh, Savannah Evans, Tasha Steeles. 
Taylor um, Wilde was in there. Giselle Shaw was in there. So they were the young people. It was yeah, the ladies that were the ladies the young were the young ones. ones. <laughs> but uh, yeah. get out there with all the old heads. They'll, they'll, maybe they'll teach you something. Yeah, you can probably make a case for Scott Demore being a great booker, but not with that show. No, and then and not in the echelon of them other two guys. Yeah, uh, but this is why they are marks, and that's the shit they say. God damn. Now, uh, let's go back in time a little bit. There's a few pieces. There's not too much to talk about this week in wrestling history. Up first on October 7th, 2007, in one of the most bizarre WWE title situations we've ever seen, No Mercy opened with William Regal and Mr. McMahon awarding the WWE Championship to Randy Orton due to John Cena's pectoral injury. They were supposed to face each other for the title that night. Um, Triple H immediately comes out, challenges Orton for the title, and beats him for the title in the opening match. Um Triple H then, since he already had a match booked with Umaga, was made for the title. Triple H retained the title against Umaga later in the night. And in the main event, Orton won the world title back from Triple H in the last man standing match. Umaga. <laughs> Umaga. I, I never yeah, knew yeah, why Umanga. William Regal pronounced it like that. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Umaga. Or Umaga. And like, fuck, I swear it would change. <laughs> Um, October 8th, 2001, a big night for Raw as the Hardy Boys defeated Booker T and Tess for the WCW tag team titles. Edge defended the WCW US title against Rhino. Rob Van Dam and Shane McMahon defeated Jericho and The Rock. Let's face it, they never got along. Um, and Stone Cold Steve Austin won his sixth and final WWE championship, defeating Kurt Angle in the main event. This was a Raw, not a pay-per-view. It sounds like a pay-per-view. I was pay-per-view. just going to say, are you sure that wasn't a pay-per-view? <laughs> I always thought it was like the night after a pay-per-view, but no, this was like a couple of weeks after Unforgiven. Well, fuck, goddamn, man. Um, October 9th, 2005, the late, great Eddie Guerrero wrestled his final pay-per-view match as he challenged Batista for the World Heavyweight Championship. Rumor has it Eddie was scheduled to win the title at the following Survivor Series, but obviously tragically passed away uh, a few weeks after this event. Damn. Um, that whole heel tease with Batista was beautiful. It was. That it was. Um, at another No Mercy on October 9th, 2016, like we talked about earlier, Dolph Ziggler won the Intercontinental Championship in by far one of his best feuds and matches of his career as he defeated The Miz in a career versus title match. Shit, it's the fucking Ziggler, man. See, there we go. Talk, 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 Miz chalking people up. Yeah, build-up was amazing. Match was amazing. Um, it was a, it, it made not only Dolph feel important again, but it felt the IC it made the IC title feel huge. Huge. Um, I don't remember why, but also the main event saw Bray Wyatt defeat Randy Orton. Just because a singles match. You, that's why. <laughs> um, two pieces of Impact history up next. See, we don't oh. just shit on Impact. We, okay. We, uh, 10, 10, 10 at Bound for Glory. Immortal was born as Jeff Hardy turned heel for the first proper heel run of his career, not counting the new brood, um, and won the TNA world title with an assist from Hulk Hogan and Eric Bischoff. Fucking this was an assist. 
the beginning of the Antichrist persona. What a fucking assist. Goddamn. It was short-lived, obviously, because he was still <coughs> having some substance issues, but it was a great You're gimmick. Dope. I loved the Antichrist gimmick. I still got to watch some dim back, man, I'm telling you. <laughs> and finally, October 12, 2008, at Bound for Glory 4, Sting won the TNA World title for the second time. And also at the second consecutive Bound for Glory, as he defeated Samoa Joe. I believe he defeated Kurt Angle the year before. Nice. And that's your history this week. There's probably going to be some more Bound for Glory coming up throughout the month. Let's go. Bound for Glory. Actually, I can tell you there will be more coming up next week because I think it was October tomorrow in 2007 when Sting won the title for the first time. Beautiful. Now, uh, I think it's my turn um, to come up with somebody. It's time oh, to go. guess the wrestler. I wonder who this could possibly be. Guess the wrestler. He's the bestler. Better than all the wrestler. All right, let's go for titles. Um, first of all, it... World Wrestling Association, WWA, World Heavyweight Champion. One time. Mm-hmm. Got more titles from N- a lot of titles from NWA. Um, NWA American Heavyweight Champion four times. American Tag Team Champion three times. All with Kerry Von Erich. Uh, Texas Heavyweight Ooh. Champion. Texas Tag Team Champion three times. With Mike York, Gino Hernandez, and Kerry Von Erich. Um, and WA Central States heavyweight champion one time. Who the fuck was huge in Texas like that? In all Japan, three time NWA international heavyweight champion. All Japan. Vader? No, um, he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame in 2019. He was a legacy inductee, which pretty much means he was part of a group that get inducted, but they don't really get a ceremony. Uh, oh, shit. Okay. Um, but he teamed a lot with Kerry Von Erich. Yeah. Here's a good one uh, from Wrestling Observer. He won Best Brawler. Um, 1981, 80. 1980, 81, 82, 83, 84, 87, and 88. Harley Race? No. No, not Harley Race? Who the fuck beat out Harley Race for best brawler? For like six years. For six years? Who beat out him for... Most of his titles were NWA. He was also NWA Tri-State, U.S. Tag Team Champion, twice with Stan Hansen. Oh, oh, fucking, um, oh, God, who came with Stan all the time? Oh, son of a bitch. This guy was fucking huge. Who the fuck team would carry Von Eric like that? Why <sighs> warrior? No, come on, give me a brawler, give me a brawler, give me a brawler. Who fucking, who was mean and nasty back then? Barry Windham? No. Um, feuded quite a lot with Abdullah the Butcher. 
Bruiser, uh, yeah, Bruiser Brody. Yeah, there we go. Wow, Bruiser Brody and Kerry Von Eric like that. Oh my goodness. See, I'm not surprised teaming with Stan Hansen, but yeah, Kerry Von Eric. See, that's I was like, it's a big ass dude that used to steam the team with Stan Hansen, but for some reason, I I was actually going to say Abdul the Butcher. I was like, but that's not true. That wasn't true. But it, it was a big ass. Oh wow. Okay. Damn, he won a lot of belts. Yeah. Shit. Again, mostly in the NWA. But um, fucking six years, best brawler. All right, Dave, I see you. There's there's not many pictures of him with Kerry Von Erich. There's well, like sure one or two, and they look mismatched. Were, I'm sure most of their shows were in the middle of fucking Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, well, uh, coming up in six weeks' time, Max Wrestling proudly presents the seventh annual promo series, Rise and Storm, the event where shit hits the fan. Uh, we will find out if Travis Anderson can survive once again as Group MVP, and we also predict Survivor Series. If you want a shot at becoming Group MVP, um, in two weeks is the time to start posting in the group. you got 28 days to stake your claim on the Group MVP title. Mm-hmm. Well, you will do in two weeks. Um, the Max Wrestling Knowledge Championship is on the line in the traditional winner stays on gauntlet. The Phoenix defends his title against three potential challengers, beginning with Beer and ending with Moi. Challenger number two. Well, stay tuned in the coming weeks for the reveal. Beautiful stuff. And more gold on the line as Cypher challenges Moses Marquez for the television championship in the first ever TV triathlon. Can Cypher bring one home for the jury? He's a former predictions champion, but hasn't won any titles in knowledge or trivia yet. See, look at here. Normally, I normally go ham on him each and every week. But this week, I'm actually going to say that I am looking forward to this. Because, one, he can go in the promo realm. And in all reality, he has held his own in the knowledge. So not only am I looking forward to this because this is a rivalry that I know is going to go the distance. But... I'm also ready for the freaking competition, the true competition. So I'm ready. And that's the problem. So that's the real problem. I know I said I was going to be positive, but now I'm going to be a little extra. I'm confident. Are you, Cypher? Well, he should be. I mean, if I remember rightly, he came very close to Promomania to winning that knowledge title. Very close. And the year before that, he came close to winning the Iron Bank. Shocking Travis each and every time. Um, in a promo exhibition, Mr. Iron Bank, the current Mr. Iron Bank, Daniel Crimmins looks to silence the podcast machine as he goes one-on-one with Mike Larkin with a two-minute time difference. That's okay. Let's see what he's got. The fucking podcast machine's been gone for a minute. Does he still have the fire, or is DC going to run the game? Mm, DC's hungry. Mm. And finally, in a triple threat cinematic match, yours truly defends the world championship against Travis the Walker Anderson and Chad Malcolm because a smart man always brings a lawyer with him. A smart man always brings a lawyer with him. Facts (laughs) could not be spoken by a better man. But at the same time, if you look at it on the other side of the spectrum, only guilty men bring their attorneys with them. True. I guess. Although he did get me out of that trial with the Phoenix. Hey, hey, sometimes <laughs> that's why you pay him the big bucks. That's why you pay him the big bucks. 
Um, and speaking of the world title, in five days, I will hit 200 days as your world champion. You're welcome. Congratulations. Um, for more information, go to maxwrestling.net slash promo series seven. This is Velvet Sky. Hey, this is the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy. Hey, yo, what up? It's Darby Allen. It's the ultimate Vanessa, your girl's name of wrestling. Hey, Preston Vancer, a.k.a. number 10 of the Dark Order. Hey, this is Tommy Tree. Hey, everybody, it's the interview queen, Alicia Atute here. This is the voice of Killer Cross. And you're listening to the Max Wrestling Podcast. And you are currently listening to the Max Wrestling Podcast. Max Wrestling Podcast. And we're about to take it to the max. We're about to take it to the max. It's time to take it to the max. We're going to take it to the max. Take it to the max. Welcome to the madhouse. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the madhouse. Welcome back to the Kappa Mo Show. We're here every single Thursday. Don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, wherever it is you may be joining us. Still to come, this week's Geek of the Week, the best of the week, all the other wrestling news that's been going on, and AEW's Canadian debut. But first, um, we talked about Extreme Rules a little bit. We talked a little bit about Bray Wyatt on Raw, but there was more happenings on Raw as DX celebrated their 25th anniversary. Um, the opening segment was great classic dx the closing mm-hmm. segments i could have done without like That's, nothing happened in the closing segments i'm a million percent with you i was like all right cool i seen him in the once they got in the ring and they were literally just kind of just i was like uh, well, i think i'm done turn yeah. it off but when i like when i noticed that they were on and they were doing the whole backstage because i always have uh raw and smackdown recorded but the second i saw him back there i said i gotta watch and, you know, Hunter's out there telling him, like, you know, you guys can't be, you know, you guys can't, you know, who put all these cocks here and this and that. Just the the stupid hilarity that was the night or the I wouldn't even say the 90s. Just the the what was the dumb era of DX? What was that? In like, oh, three, oh, four. When it was just Triple H and Sean, oh, six. Yeah. But I, oh, I liked it because it was very touchy um, PG-13 humor. Exactly because they it was it was all fucking toilet toilet humor. That's the term yeah. I'm looking for, and it's hilarious, fucking they, hilarious. They were pushing the boundaries of their TV 14 rating in in 06. <laughs> they did pretty good on this one. Not not as close as that one, but they did pretty good. Yeah, and it was funny because you know Triple H is an authority figure now, and not just an authority figure. He's the guy running the show. Exactly. Um, That's what makes the thing the whole thing that much funnier. <laughs> And he's like, the you guys got best the friends over here. here. Talk about cocks. <laughs> um, but when we got to the closing segment, it was it was almost like Sean couldn't be bothered anymore because he even made the point like, if we're still here in another twenty five years, just put us put us out of our misery. I'm sure he's fucking feels that way. He's like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, you guys got me doing. I'm scouting. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. He's probably got five jobs all of a sudden. Yeah. 
But, I mean, they, they could have done something. They could have, like, obviously Triple H doesn't really want to get physical anymore, but they could have had, like, Road Dog doing his whole shake, rattle, and roll on somebody, Sean hitting the switch of music. I'm sure X-Pac could still hit an X-Factor. The guy had a fucking match not two months ago in GCW. He could hit something. Goddamn motherfucker. Well, there you go. It was just, like, the closing segment felt like a little bit of a waste of time because they literally just came out and did their catchphrases. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You wanted, you know, you, you you thought you could end with the, you know, with the hot, with the hot, you know, act, but I was but, Luke warm as can be, man. At the same time, if they had done something like that, where they're beating somebody up, you would have had people complaining that they're burying somebody young. True. So, yeah, it was kind of a catch twenty-two. Yeah, it was. There you go, catch twenty-two. It was either make somebody look stupid or just waste a little bit of time with some catchphrases. Yeah. There, there wasn't really much else they could do. They're getting old now. Road, road dog's looking hella old. It's crazy old. That's what happens when you're fucking writing for this goddamn company for so long. It just puts the years on you. That's what happens when you're killing SmackDown. That's, hey, you're telling me, bud. Well, back in the day. I mean, SmackDown's good now. Well, yeah, he's got fucking trips saying like, hey, hey, no. Erase that right now. Um, I mean, Road Dog and and Sean also kind of got involved in other business too, like uh, the the yeah the Miz and Dexter Loomis business, pretty much mm-hmm. setting up the match for next week. Where if Miz wins, Loomis is gone. If Loomis wins, uh, he gets a contract with Raw. And what was the other stipulation? Mm-hmm. Nah, I can't remember. But yeah, um, I don't know where they got the authority from. I mean, they sh- probably should have got the okay from Triple H, but... Right. Like, you got authority in NXT. This is raw. <laughs> like, yeah, well, like you guys are overstepping your bounds a little bit, going for the developmental of the main roster. But but, but I also think at the same time, we know that they're, you know, he's they're all friends of Trips, and I, I really do think that they just kind of expect us to think that now these guys are authority figures throughout the company. That, so. That's the thing, yeah. People keep saying, like, DX have gone from anti-authority to now DX are running WWE. <laughs> they go from anti-authority to they are the authority. <laughs> I'm sure they should spray the logo on the uh, headquarters again. Right. Just uh, Yep, yeah, we've officially taken over again. Um, we also saw a return on Raw. Brock Lesnar's return was pretty much... Again, spoiled in advance like it always is. Um, to confront Lashley and effectively cost him the US title because he hit him with, I don't know, three F5s. Um, and then still decided to defend the title against Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is the new US champion and is also the second Grand Slam champion in WWE after The Miz. Hey, good for him. However... Um, even though they're Grand Slam champions, Miz has never won the Universal title, and Rollins oh. has never won the SmackDown tag team titles. So if either one of them win either one of those titles, then they're the only person to win literally every single the available active grand. title. The official Grand Slam. Uh, and we're not counting 24-7 title, Chad. Fuck that Fuck title. No. That that title can get in the bin. Right in the bin. In the bin! Um... I also saw people making fun of this, like, actually, I think it was somebody in the WWE, 
like the crowd were all over Lashley. They loved him. They were supporting him. And then Brock comes out, drops him with a couple of F5s, and they're like, one more. It's like, fucking Brock returning. You were supporting this guy five minutes ago. Now you want Brock to drop him again? Brock coming back. <laughs> of course I want him to kill the fucking cat. I don't give a shit who it is. Brock's back. And it's still Farmer Brock, so I'm down. Still Farmer Brock. Um, Still, apparently, he's going to show up next week, too, so he's not just part-time Brock. Thank God. Now, this is this is fun, Brock. Yeah, this is the best Brock. The Brock we want, the Brock we love. The only downside is we're probably going to get Brock and Lashley, too, in Saudi, and that... Sa- Saudi's not our favorite show. No, it's not, but, uh, but I'll watch it for the match, I guess. I guess. I literally have only ever... I... Yeah, I think I've only ever watched one Saudi show, the first one. I've seen more than one, but I mean, like, but then again, let me rephrase that. Uh, I've I've seen a couple. I've listened to most of them because I'm at work. So I'm just like, all right, let me put my phone on the thing. And there you go. And that's that's the extent of most of my fucking Saudi watching. Yeah. Uh, And two more returns um, as Judgment Day continue to torment Rey Mysterio. Dom Dom hits him with a 619. Um, then we move on from, like, Judgment Day, a feud with, like, multiple people. So we move from that one to Seriously. AJ Styles teasing, joining the group, but reintroduces Gallows and Anderson, who surprisingly got a decent pop. Yeah, actually, a pretty big one, if you if you ask me. I mean, I, I, I didn't think they would get a pop, period. You know, but then again, here they are. Good for them. Um... The contract situation is a tad weird, considering the fact that fucking Carl Anderson still has a never open weight championship to defend. Yeah, he's still so, working for Japan. Weird, but hey, again, with trips running things, who knows what's gonna happen? And I mean, maybe, maybe guys will work indies and still the E. You know, maybe, you know, maybe guys can work Japan. Maybe they can work Mexico. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Well, I mean, that's how we ran NXT. A lot of guys were still working indie shows in the early mm-hmm. days of NXT TV. That's true. I mean, um, it's possible. You can do you can do whatever you need. This gives us a couple of options now for War Games at Survivor Series. So, like, it's either, like, the bloodline against somebody, or now you've got the possibility of Judgment Day against AJ and his group. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if Rhea jumped in and they just need one more member for AJ's team then. I mean, if you need uh, a lady, I mean, you could find somebody. I mean, wait, is War Games four on four or five on five? Four on four. Oh, okay, so you can't do Edge and Ray. Well, I mean, I want to say, I want it. No, was there five? No, it was, yeah, it's four on four. Because I was like, well, what about... Because I'm trying to think of the last time they did it in NXT. And I remember the Undisputed Era. All four of them. And I'm like, yeah, yep. Four. Four on four. Well, we also uh, have to remember, not every match has to be war games. There's probably going to be two war games matches. One for the guys, one for the girls. Um, and you can still have traditional Survivor Series elimination matches for the bloodline right. and stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. You can you can split it out. There's There's ways of them making this work. Especially... In the realm of Survivor Series and, you know, multi, multi-tag multi matches, multi-man tag matches. Yeah, and, and speaking of the bloodline, um, they showed up on Raw. Roman Roman didn't work Saturday, but he worked Monday. 
Like, shocker. I know, right? Like, Jesus, just drag your ass in on Monday. You can't work the fucking weekend, you piece of shit. Uh, and it was a cool segment. And Roman allows Sammy to handle Jay. So, um, Sammy is pretty much Jay's carer. For want of a better word. Caretaker. Sammy's in charge of Jay now. (laughs) Okay. Just make sure you don't drive anywhere. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Sammy's so, so good. He is. I don't know how Jay and Solo both keep a straight face. Because, like, Jimmy Jimmy can laugh as much as he wants because him him and Sammy are like that. Yeah, they're fucking close, so of course he's going to laugh. The other guy, yeah, no, I'm with you. The other guys, I don't understand how they keep a straight face. They probably just, they're just like, don't break, don't break, don't break, don't break, don't break. And then you got Roman in the corner with Paul Heyman. They're just like talking to each other like, don't break, don't, damn yeah, They're probably telling each other, good. he's not that funny, he's not that funny, he's not that funny. It's like, but no, he he's fucking hilarious. <laughs> Heyman's like, no, he's pretty goddamn funny. Uh, and Riddle also came out to challenge Roman. Roman's just like, nah. Oh, yeah. Fucking asshole. <laughs> but we did Man. get Sammy taking on Riddle instead. And Sammy explicitly tells Jay not to interfere. And then loses. Yep. Jeez, I wonder how that was supposed to work. Much to Jay's amusement. I'm sure he's more than happy that Sammy lost. Oh, but. of course he is. He, 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 it's like when your older brother like, has a best friend that never goes home. Yeah, your brother, your other brother gets sick of him real fast. Um, I mean, there's so many ways now that they can do the whole separation. Like, obviously, we know this isn't going to last forever. Sammy and the Bloodline are going to split at some point. Yeah, and you know who's going to turn on who? I really like my fantasy booking of it somehow coming down to Sammy versus Roman for the titles. Um, and Fury cashes in, pins Sammy, takes one of the titles. I, and, then, I mean, and then obviously I, Sammy I like gets it. a shit beat out of him. Personally, I like that one a lot. I think it's good. I think it's a great move because Sammy literally looks like he's the only guy to like, you know, get so damn close to Roman. You know, he could maybe he knows some secrets or, you know, what, but, you know, something. I don't know. Yeah. Or Sammy wins the Rumble. There you go. That would be hilarious. Imagine that build. I don't know if we You're talked like, about it last week, but I kind of realized that obviously the whole rumor of going around about Rock racing Roman at Mania for the titles, the only way that could happen would be Rock winning the Rumble because obviously Roman has both titles. So, mm-hmm. um, And I'm sure that would piss a lot of people off if Rock just came back and won the Rumble. It would, but then again, it would also make sense, and it would build towards the story that they've been trying to go to for, what, fucking four years? Yeah, I mean, whereas if they split the titles before the Rumble, then somebody else can win the Rumble, challenge for the other title, and Rock can just challenge Roman. Mm. They, I mean, they, they really backed themselves into a corner by unifying the titles. They did, and they know that they were going to do, or they should. I should have said they they should have known they were going to that this was going to happen. But now, I don't know. Pop H got put that thinking cap on. But all Brock's have a cowboy hat. Maybe that'll work. Just don't okay. give us Brock and Roman again to split the titles, please. Like <sighs> yeah, Mania was the last ever. No, SummerSlam was the last ever. Done. SummerSlam. 
No more, please. You can have Brock versus anybody the fuck else. Any, listen to me, anybody the fuck else. And even though SummerSlam was a great match and everybody loved it, we've seen it too yeah. many times, Brock and Roman. Well, we haven't seen that one, the SummerSlam one, until we got it, and then it was a like, great, but now we know you can't top this. No. There's no topping it. You, you, you can't top flipping the ring with a freaking tractor. You can't top the fucking <laughs> idea of who the hell is going to get this tractor out of here. Like, it's... You're just not going to top it. It's it was it was a good it was a great 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 thing. It was a great match. It was extremely sports entertaining while also being wrestling great. You can't top it. And if you attempt it, you're going to tarnish whatever happened prior. Don't do it. Uh, the other the alternative would be literally unifying those two titles into one title and bringing back like the world title for Raw. That would be nice. Everybody I'm, wants that big gold belt back. I'm sick. Well, I because personally, I'm just sick and tired of looking at the same looking belt. Just one's got a blue strap. Like, yeah. I'm, that's just me. That's just me. You know, if you wanted to unify it and just make, you know, you don't have to bring back a second title for the second brand. But I understand that Fox is like, I need a belt. I get it. But, you know, it, it, it to me, it's time to unify your universal and world. Bring back, uh, you know, uh, a fucking a world heavyweight or whatever the fuck you need to bring back. Bring back something to unify your one belt. And then if you need a secondary world championship, then fine. I get it. But these two, e these two with the big fat fucking W's need to be one. Okay. And then give me a wrestling belt as your other belt. Okay. That way, maybe I get to fucking feel that I'm watching a wrestling company and not so much a sports entertainment company. You know, at least NXT's belt looks fucking decently fucking pro wrestling. Shockingly, I mean, it's still got a giant X in it, but still. Yeah, I mean, at least it's all gold. There you go. Um. So, yeah, that was, that was pretty much it from the E. Uh, on Dynamite, like we said, they made their debut in Canada and obviously... Uh, Another Canadian debut was Renee Paquette finally signing with AEW and kicking off the show with a very quick interview with Christian Cage. Yeah, yeah, good for her. Glad she signed. Was uh, expecting that to happen sooner rather than later, and guess what? Sooner happened. Um, so good for her. Um, she is a more than welcomed, uh, I guess, announcer. Yeah, ringside, whatever the fuck you want to call her. She will be more than welcomed here, which is awesome. Uh, she already did great in night one. Christian Cage is, uh, he's a McDoucher. So, but he is a Canadian. So I understand why she has to interview the Canadian because, you know, he's Canadian. She's Canadian. 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 And he, he still manages to get heat in Canada. I mean, with the gimmick he's running right now, you, I don't see him not getting heat anywhere. Like, he's going to get heat everywhere. And, I know I'm talking about like him getting the heat and this and the that, and but to, to to fast forward to this fucking match, are we really going to telegraph this goddamn story between you and Christian Cage for seven fucking months? He has a serious, serious, serious fucking shoulder injury. Yeah, he's going to be out for until next goddamn year. He won't be back until maybe April next year. Maybe you're going to push this shit that fucking long? How? 
How I are mean, you going to do that without keep, without making it beyond <clears throat> fucking boring? Like this needs to be the, the end somehow, some way. It needs to be the end. Make Jungle Boy go away for a couple of weeks, whatever. This is the end. Because I mean, if you build onto it more, I am not. I am not going to want to see it, and I'm sure I won't be the only one. To be honest, I mean, this match should have ended the feud because it was a hell of a match. Uh, even good. though Luchasaurus won, but it just felt like that's it. Now let's move on. Yeah, there's nothing more to this. But I understand they want Christian Cage versus Jungle Boy. And I get it. And in due time, you'll get it. Yeah, just um, let Jungle Boy move on from Luchasaurus. And then when Christian's healed, he can come back after Jungle Boy. Exactly. Uh, I think Dave and Brian Alvarez were talking about this. I know I'm already getting... I talked shit about him earlier. Now I'm going to give him some praise. Um... They had said a good a good way to do this is like say like Jungle Boy's going for the TNT championship and he's getting ready to win and here comes a, a healthy Christian Cage and fucks him over. Yeah. Okay, goddamn you motherfucker! Now it's time for a a, a feud with him because he's healthy. Okay, cool. Uh, I mean hell, it'll be just in time for next double or nothing. There you go. But again, separate this shit now. I'm done. I don't want to see it again. Yeah, you, you've had a great, solid match between Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. We can move on now. Um, War Joe. War new, Joe. New, new tag team running around. Nice tag team. I like it. Nice, nice tag team. They work well together. Um, get an unsurprising victory over QT and Nick Camarado. Goddamn before, squash. Yeah, squash tag team match. Um. But then they were, of course, interrupted by Brian Cage and the Embassy, uh, who are then interrupted by FTR to a thunderous ovation. I never get tired of hearing the crowd pop for FTR. It's it's a great it's a great thing to hear them pop for them. It's great to see them pop. That theme is great. They barely show up, and that's and they still get this fucking gigantic reaction. It's awesome. So gigantic, Dax lets out an f bomb. <laughs> And I died. That was fantastic. <laughs> he can't he's speak the man. because the crowd is so loud and they won't let him speak. And he's just like, fucking hell. He's just beyond <laughs> himself, which is the best. The fucking best. Oh, man. I want to I hear TBS on the phone to Tony now. We told you no more F-bombs. We Sorry. told you. Stop it. My bad. My bad. Oh, here we go. <laughs> Did they hang up the phone? We're on speaker. Shit. Oh man, I love Dax on the mic. Just the, you can almost crazy. guarantee an F bomb is gonna slip out. He just doesn't give a shit. Well, I think he's just he's emotionally overwhelmed by the reaction and it's hard to hold himself back. Yeah. Um, which is kind of surprising because it makes him come across as quite modest and you shouldn't be. No. No, dude, you guys are the fucking you guys are literally the best tag team out there right now. Yeah. Um I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You're definitely going to win tag team of the year at the Maxis this year. Dax and I'm saying this like Dax, Dax is listening. Dax, you're going to win a Maxis. Bro, if you're not listening, <laughs> you should be. Okay, let me put it Fuck to you it. like that. We'll rename it the Daxies if you listen. I've, there we go. There we go. <laughs> um, and another return on Dynamite Two, which also got a very surprising ovation with Sean Spears with an apparent face turn. When he got a big ass pop and looked face as a motherfucker, I was just like, you know what? He needed this hiatus. 
whatever the mm. fuck reason his hiatus was about, I think it was pretty much just because he was getting married or whatever. I think no. Yeah, I think they were trying for a baby. I think no. They, I think they are getting. They're they are having one or something like now, that. Yeah. So good for them. Congratulations. But yeah, no, good for him. Another guy. It, I love the way Dax said it. He's just like you know, um, you know the guys. He's a he's like a ten. You know what I mean? And there are people uh, immediately going bananas. I love how they still build off of the old NXT fame to help build him. Sean Spears, though, is it, good. He's charismatic as all hell. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Now, you got to put him in the right light. And right now, it looks like it's all systems are a go. So I hope this works out. I really, really do. I want this guy to hang out. Yeah, he's had... Honestly, a disappointing run in AEW, but yeah, it's maybe it's because he's been a heel. Maybe it just doesn't work as a heel, but because he's exactly. a great face. I Everybody mean, loves the 10 gimmick. I mean, again, yes, granted, we, they were in Canada, blah, 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 blah. He's a homer. I still think he would have garnered that pop just about anywhere else because the guy was missed. He He is really liked. So I, I could see this being a thing, you know, so good for him. Um, I don't need to see him jump right into like a title picture or anything, but I'm glad he's back. Yeah. Um, I, need, I mean, he was definitely a face, like showing up with the, the face side of the ring. And also, oh, yeah. like most of that ring was, you know, apart from Joe, everybody in that ring was the pinnacle. Minus MJF, yep. of course. Minus MJF. So there was that also that awkward, you know, tense moment between him and Wardlow because I think probably last time we saw Spears, he was just getting his ass kicked by Wardlow. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's true. They were kicking him out of the pinnacle and all this, and then they were beating the shit out of him. You're absolutely right. So, yeah, hopefully this is the beginning of a decent run for Spears in AEW. I think he's been a heel his whole time in AEW, so... It'll be a nice change for him. And again, the 10 gimmick never stops being over. No, it'll never stop, dude. It's it's a great gimmick. Keep using it. Plug the fuck out of it. Figure out somehow, somehow, some way to fucking steal it from the E if it hasn't already and give it back to the guy somehow. Seriously, I'm fucking serious. He doesn't really have to do anything. Like, it's not really a gimmick gimmick. It's like, what is the 10 gimmick? Oh, he's a perfect 10. That's it. That's figure it. out that's how to gimmick. mess that in so he can do the 10. And that's it. And that's it. That's it. Maybe he needs the legal services of smart Mark Sterling. Um, after Swerve defeated Daddy Ass, um, which uh, was accompanied by the Scissor Nation Army. Mm-hmm. I, I'm coining that one. I, I haven't seen that anywhere, but I'm coining Scissor Nation Army. As you should. That is fantastic. <laughs> Um, smart Mark Sterling reveals he's bought the copyrights to Scissor Me. So the acclaimed can no longer use the catchphrase. They can no longer print T-shirts. Or if they do, the money goes to him. Um, and they can't do the hand gesture. So the fucking hilarious part of this whole thing is AEW really went out and trademarked the term Scissor Me. And the funniest part about that is if you and actually to make matters even funnier is if you look at the name on the copyright, it actually does not say All Elite Wrestling, says Mark Sterling. So he's literally bought the copyright. He's 
literally. But it, but it is all for it, it, the company did it. It it, it is all for I'm sure fucking storyline. Yeah, it's all for fucking storyline. But there is a literal copywritten document for that term with his fucking name on it, and it is as legit as can be. This is fucking awesome. I mean, obviously, it's going to lead to a match where the the rights to the catchphrase are on the line, preferably a scissors on a pole match or something. Uh. <laughs> Not a pole, please, on a pole match. Anything but a pole match. But whatever it is, but, it's going to be fucking oh, hilarious. And the gigantic pop of the crowd when they can finally do the scissors again, it's yeah. going to be ridiculous. No, no, let's put it on a pole because then you're going to have Anthony Bowen saying, scissor me on a pole. That's fucking, <laughs> God damn it! that makes it sound awesome. <laughs> Fucking TK, stop listening right now. Also, Billy Gunn, sorry, whatever the fuck we're calling him now, daddy ass, has no business looking that good. And he's literally been wrestling as long as I've been alive. 58 years old. The man is 58 years old and is beyond. He's the size of Wardlow. Yeah. He's the size of fucking Wardlow. Like, why and how? He's How in, are you bigger than both of your kids combined? <laughs> He's like, in better shape now than he was in his prime in the WWE. He's this is the best shape of his life at 58. It's all God down damn. to scissoring. It, it, hey, that's the key of life. <laughs> Get you scissor people to your left, you scissor people to your right. Like he's in such a good shape. I didn't mind seeing 58 Billy Gunn, 58-year-old Billy Gunn. In a match on national TV in 2022. I mean, he did pretty good. It wasn't like yeah. a great. It wasn't great. It wasn't over the top. It wasn't extraordinarily spectacular. But it was good. It was yeah. entertaining. Uh, the fucking teasing of the mooning was always the best. I fucking love it. It's He's been doing that shit forever. Yeah, he's an ass man. That he is. Um, then we had a face-to-face with Mox and the Hangman. Um <sighs> Uh, Hangman's promo was a bit of a marathon Like it took him a while to get there And he slipped a couple of times But he got fired up uh, He punched himself maybe a little too hard in the face Because it's like half He looked like Two-Face Half his face was just fucking red um, And of course he acknowledged his friends disappearing Which hit on a, a high note with the, with the fans mm-hmm. But even after all that I'm still on Mox's side I understand. I loved his promo. I loved every little bit of it. He comes out, you know, he asked Mox right off the board, right off the bat. He's like, you know, do you still see me as a child? And he's, yeah, I do. And he fucking fires up. And yes, he's frustrated and he's pissed off. And, you know, he does, he can't sleep. He can't eat. You know, he's, he's, what is he says? He's got anxiety. He's depressed. He, yeah, he lost his friends, which already makes you think is, does that mean either he wins or he gets his friends back? Or is it just his way of throwing it out there to throw it out there to garner some heat? Which is yeah. very possible. It's very, very possible. Um, because the reality is, is like the situation on that has completely stalled. Nothing's changed. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. Nobody does. But he's getting all this out and he, the, the passion is there. The fire is there. And it makes me think that, you know, maybe, just maybe... He could be the guy to beat Mox. Now, 
we all know that you can literally have MJF like sneak in there, fuck it all up. We can do a lot of things, you know. But I don't know what you know. Right now, what would be the better story? You know, Mox and MJF, Hangman and MJF, two young pillars, or the or the only three time AEW champion against the you know once in a generation talent. You know, who has never won the world title. Exactly, who's never won a world title. So, I mean, I'm loving where this is going. I'm I loved all of Hangman's promos, but uh, like more questions than answers. You know what I mean? That's where I'm at with it. It's more questions than answers. Are the Buck coming back? Is Kenny coming back? What happens if you lose? Are you going to go dark? Are randomly going to join the Dark Order? Are you going to go away again? You know, there's too many questions to this. There's too many questions. I would love Mox to win. I would love it to be Mox and, and, and MJF one-on-one, no big deal, no problem. But then again, I'm already with the idea of are you wasting Hangman again? I mean, and he's not like stupidly over like he was. I mean, no. he's over, but he's not stupidly over. But is Nine. he wasteful over? You know what I mean? Yeah. The first time in the, the first build up to his world title win was lightning in a bottle. Oh, yeah. Uh, they don't have that anymore. And if he was to close. beat Mox, he would be a transitional champ because we all know what's going to MGF eventually. Oh, yeah. Within time, with all within due time, it is going to go to MGF. And that's that's fine. That's perfectly fine because that's. That's how it should be. He is obviously the right choice to be champ. The question is, is how soon are they going to pull the trigger? We're ready for it today, tomorrow, next week. No problem. When can they get ready for it? I also like this underlying uh, situation between these two that nobody's acknowledged yet. That we have Hangman, who is notoriously an alcoholic cowboy. And we have Mox, who's literally a recovering alcoholic. Nice. <laughs> no, that, that, that fun dynamic has not been brought up. I mean, Hangman's pretty sober these days anyway, so. That, this is true. He's got, he ain't got much to celebra- celebratory drink about. Maybe yeah. he's drinking in his sorrows. Yeah. It's weird. He kind of stopped drinking after he became world champion. Something tells you to get sobered up, I don't know. <laughs> um... I'm not sure how I felt about the order of the last three matches. Like, obviously, the women's tag was just filler. Yeah. Um, But I don't know if they should have ended with... Like, obviously, it was a huge moment for Orange Cassidy winning his first title um, and great match against Pac, but we had a world title between Jericho mm-hmm. and Danielson. And not only that, but it was the Ring of Honor world title, which they're supposed to be raising the profile of. And then we had the fully heel turn from Danny Garcia at the end, showing his true colors, which felt more like an ending. Mm-hmm. You're hitting the nail on the head here, but I've been, I was saying the same thing. I just, and I'm like looking at it and my, and my thought process goes like TK, bro, are you really like this petty? And I say it like that because the reality is just because it says ring of honor world championship. You're like, no, 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 no. AEW goes on last. I understand because you know AEW we're on an AEW dynamite and blah blah blah. blah. But you're tr- as you just said beautifully, you're trying to build up Ring of Honor. What better way to build up Ring of Honor than simply take a world championship match between two megastars, two very known 
well-known megastars and Daniel Bryanson, or sorry, Brian Danielson. I totally butchered the fuck out of his name. Brian Danielson and Chris Jericho. <laughs> and on top of that, and on top of that, so you have your Sunday, okay? You got your Sunday, you got your banana split, whatever the fuck you want. And now you're about to get your whipped cream and icing on top, even the cherry if you want, by adding in the simple story of Danny Garcia not knowing where he wants to be. You know, what is his, uh, does he want to be a sports entertainer? Or does he want to be a pro wrestler? Does he want to join the you know the uh, the Blackpool Combat Club? Does he want to just stay with Jericho? All that, your thousand percent should have been your main event because of everything that it was. I'm not saying push. And, and here's the reality: Orange Cassidy was fucking do a title, okay? And I've been saying this for a minute. I've been saying this that. The Atlantic belt is the best one possible. Like if you want him to go around and travel and work and do that, he'll do it and he'll be good at it. But him winning is awesome, but it didn't need to close the show. No, the, the, you're the Sunday at the end that with, with the, with the big feud and the big names and the, and the, you know, and the, uh, the, the other story with Danny Garcia, that ends your show. Not just because it's the ring of honor world championship, because there's so much substance in it. Not again, let me emphasize that. Not just because it's a Ring of Honor World Championship, but because there's way more substance to that story than there was Orange Cassidy versus Pac. Plain and simple. Again, no disrespect towards OC. Congratulations. Belt looks good on you. Those matches should have been flip flopped. Yeah. It, it was a cool moment, you know, with confetti and everything. Yeah. But then, okay, now we cool down a little bit with the women's tag just to, you know, get ourselves back together, ready for the main event. Then you got the whole, like you said, Danny Garcia turning and everything at the end. That That's a pro wrestling closer. That's a pro wrestling closer. The the everything match. The good match plus the story plus the this and the this. Go home, people. Take Let people go home not only satisfied but with questions. Mm. That way you have a reason to tune in on Friday, on next Wednesday, and so on and so on. Yeah, JR wasn't uncommon. They could have done with JR for the Danny Garcia moment going, why'd you do that, you bastard? Oh, uh, oh you bastard, you son of a bitch. <laughs> why? Tell me why. <laughs> so, like, order aside, it was it was a good show. I remember uh, we were saying before the show, a few of us on Max, how there's something missing from AEW and it doesn't really feel like much hype for this show. It was a good preview card, but nothing to go, oh, shit, I need to watch this. But when you do watch it, it was a great show. Yeah, and that's what AEW tends to deliver. It feels like you've gotten used to the big name against the big name or the big name debuting. You've gotten used to it. And then I and and I'm gonna say it like this. It maybe it's just me, but I do know that there is a missing element when guys like CM Punk, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks are not here. Okay, the Young Bucks made that tag division. They made that tag division. Fucking Nick Jackson helped uh, with the help of Phoenix got the first five star rating on a Dynamite. Okay, fucking CM Punk draw drew the help drew helped draw the biggest number of 2022 when he debuted. Okay, Kenny Omega has been that people have been pondering for him to come back, pondering 
to the point where they're fucking watching his goddamn Twitch feeds and they're fucking following him doing fucking interviews in Japan at some fucking Sega gimmick or whatever the fuck. And he, the guy was back for fucking four weeks and he's gone. You know, there is a missing element to this show. And, and, and until they figure out what the fuck's going on, there's going to continue to be a missing element. And they're trying their best to fill that gap. And again, it is, it, this is my opinion. It is hard to fill the gap of a Kenny Omega, of a CM Punk, especially when they leave with a, such a sour taste. Yeah. It would have been different if, like, oh, Punk's contract expired. No, don't go. Or, you know, Kenny's shit expired and he goes back to Japan. Oh, don't go. It's different. This is way different. These are dudes that had a fucking stupid beef that this thing is blown out of proportion. They're still fucking gone. And because of it, your show is dragging a little bit. I think also, like, TK tends to rely on just, here's all the matches, watch the show. Whereas, yeah. even though there's, a, there's some storylines going on, it's not really advertised with the storylines. Yeah, like he is not. Go ahead. He's not one to push a story. No. He, he he expects you to understand the story, see the story, follow the story. I'm not huge into the promo stuff, but sometimes you need a little bit extra in the story, even if it's just a couple of minutes. It's sometimes necessary. Yeah, you know, you you can sell like indie shows. Um, mm-hmm. Based on just a match card But when it's like a TV show And you've got network sponsors and stuff And you, you're trying to attract mainstream viewers You need a little bit more than just These guys are facing each other Yeah, you, you throw out a card You know what I mean? That's Okay And that's where, I mean Should we get excited over it? Sure Can we? Sure Does everybody? No because some no. people don't mind looking at a piece of paper and say, oh, that's what's going to go down? Cool, I'm down. And some people look at it, that's what's going to go down? Well, why should I watch? As opposed to, like, the first few world title feuds we had in AW with, like, Jericho and Cody, uh, I think MJF, and then uh, Mox. It was, there was personal stuff going on, so you had to watch it. Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, they were the way they were going after fucking Mox's eye and all this other. Like, there was proper builds. There wasn't just, I won this match. Now you're in my way and I'm going to take this belt because you called me a child. And CM MJF is up there just pondering, fucking, you know, tapping drum beats on his goddamn briefcase. And, and it doesn't help that the world title feud right now is two baby faces. Yeah, that just makes it weird. Like, it's okay to have a face versus a face every now and again, but you'll you'll get this message on on uh, my GM mode on two K twenty two. You fail face versus face is okay every now and again, but you need face versus heel to sell it. Exactly, somebody needs to play the bad guy. Got to be the good guy versus the bad guy. It's just how it works. Um, but yeah, overall, it, it was a great show. It was just. There was nothing before the show to really attract mainstream viewers, which is what they need because they're they're still just shy on that one one million mark. I mean, don't get me wrong. The idea of oh hey Jericho and Danielson in a in a world title match, watch, sure is going to attract a wrestling fan, maybe even a couple casuals. But you need more if you're gonna just 
if you're going to put out a weekly show and, and you know, and and yeah, uh, we can all make the fucking argument. Oh, it's baseball season. Oh, it's football season. Oh, this is happening. Oh, that's if you wanted the attention, if, if you wanted better viewers, you would figure out how to garner their attention better. Yeah. And but this you, ain't it. You look at the the marketing for Raw in comparison. It was like, shit, Bray Wyatt returned to Extreme Rules. We got to watch Raw to see what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. Shit, Brock Lesnar's going to return and we're going to find out who he's going to face in Saudi. Yeah, exactly. You had a reason to, oh, this big thing happened, let's watch. Oh, this big thing happened, okay, cool, let's watch. Whereas I mean, Dynamite was just like, here's a couple of title matches. Well, no, I mean, so let's look at it as I was, let's say I was the excited guy going in. Now let's look at it going out. Um. Well, Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson lost the thing, which sucks, because he's always lost every title match. So that, I'm going to be a little bummed about that. Um. Daniel Garcia with a cool double turn. Now I'm immediately asking the question, is he ever going to turn on Jericho or is this just going to be, you know, a thing? Then you turn around and you look at all the other stuff. Okay. Um, well, they're dragging out Christian cage and jungle. Like you can look at it and get negative immediately get negative. There wasn't a lot to like to, to take away from this show. There's not, there's not a lot making me want to come back next week. I know Danny Garcia has already picked sides. You know, uh, Orange Cassidy, I, I don't get to see his next five title reigns on by next week. You know, I'm not going to see him, you know, wrestle on Friday. You know, you're giving me matches and just telling me this is it. And da, 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 da. I need more to it. Like, look at New Japan, like New Japan. They, yeah, they give you a shit ton of matches, but they're all surrounding a fucking feud. You know what I mean? Oh, this guy's going to take on this guy. But in four weeks instead we're going to give you a bunch of six mans to tease the idea of them fighting each other one-on-one then they when they finally get in there it's a brutal fight because they've been clamoring to get at each other forever it's just it's there's I mean, not next, a lot taken away next week we kind of do have um a little something different to look forward to we know it's going to be Mox and hangman and we know there's a possibility of what's mjf going to do is he going to cash in um, so yeah, next week's got a little bit of extra marketing, but just a tad bit of extra, you know, anticipation for next week, just a tad. Yeah. So let's move on from dynamite. Cause that's pretty much it. And now it's time for the A to B of retro rewobble bind. SMR podcast network. You should be listening. Retro we um so we're uh let's see what we were doing. I'm over here looking through my notes vividly. I want to say we're already November. Did we do the 25th? No, I writ the 25th. I did not do the 25th. Um quick, let's just get into it real fast. Um WCW United States Championship Tournament. Uh, Arn Anderson and Lex Luger were there in the, like the first round of it, which is kind of I was already thinking it's a little weird for me because it was um, like they just literally got done with the feud, the point where fucking uh, Lex Luger sent Arn Anderson to the hospital. So I was like, okay, but um, wasn't a bad match. I gave it a three. I actually enjoyed it. Um, it went a little long though, super into the fucking commercial, but it is what it is. Uh, we were talking shit about Disco Inferno last week. Well, I got to see him get his ass beat by DDP, so that's good news for me. Um, other than that, I mean, there wasn't much, too much more to talk about. Um, 
I mean, uh, as far as I mean, we got Psychosis versus Rey Mysterio, but they got all of two minutes in. I I got excited for it. I was all ready for my notes, and then fucking DQ because, yeah, I mean, it just it Sonny Ono ruined it. So it is what it is. But um, good stuff. Again, the date is November the 25th, 1996. This guy should be dropping this weekend, if not Monday. Um, with that being said, midterms is the next three weeks. So if things slow down for the retro, don't be surprised. All right. Um, so now let's find there's been no backstage fights this week. So let's find out who's the geek of the week. Pencil neck geek, gritty freak, scum sucking beer with a lousy proceed. He's a one man, no cut, losing streak. Nothing but a pencil neck geek. All right, Geek of the Week. Um, I I don't think I've ever crowned him Geek of the Week, but you know what? There's the, People put their foot in their mouth uh, more than they don't in professional wrestling, especially when you're a dirt sheet writer. Um, and then apparently this guy is just renowned, hated, and all this other fucking crap. So uh, for this week, and hopefully he listens and gets it better next week, I fucking doubt it, Dave Meltzer. The king of the matches, of the star matches, you, sir, this week are the Geek of the Week because Bray Wyatt looks a little heavy. And you know what, big dog? Sometimes heavy means happy. And I'd rather he be heavy and happy than depressed and skinny. Right on. Uh, no, yeah, he has not been Geek of the Week yet. Hey, there's a first time for everything. <laughs> uh, Bruce Pritchard has. Shocker. <laughs> Um, finally, this week's wrestler or bestler of the week. Very easy. Um, if I was to base it on not wrestling, then it could have gone to Bray. It could have gone to, uh, I went, to, I went to call him Ty Dillinger at Sean Spears, uh, the OC. We had a couple of returns this week, but in terms of having an actual match, uh, it's, I think it's got to go to Orange Cassidy for his first title win. Main event in Dynamite um, and oh, defeating yeah. Pac after a great match. Fantastic match. Good match. Good stuff. Good for you, OC. You can tell he's very excited about it. Oh, yeah. The thumb went all the way up. <laughs> So thank you for spending your Thursday with us. Here's the socials again. You can find us on the evil Twitter machine at in UK, the Captain 512 and at SMR Podnet. Check out our website, maxtrassling.net. And don't forget to hit the sub or the follow button on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all the socials, in UK. And now listen up, you pencil neck geeks. This is what Moses has for you this week. That's right. So first and foremost, TikTok, get back on the TikTok. Max Wrestling UK on TikTok is back. We're going to keep that thing as rocking as long as possible. The interaction from the listeners and viewers is what keeps that thing going. So I need comments. I need views. I need shares. I need the whole schmabiscuit. So, again, Max Wrestling UK TikTok. 
uh, November the 25th, 1996 is going to be the the, la- the last retro for the next couple of weeks. Again, midterms in college is a thing going around for everybody. For So you college heads out there that are listening, you're shaking your head vividly. You ain't getting no sleep either because neither am I because midterms are here, baby. So it is what it is. Um, but it's okay. You're going to have plenty of retros to listen to, to hang out with. Um, and it breaks my heart to say it, but Bolt Ranch started real rough this year and ended extra rough so we're gonna just we're just gonna push it we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna wait for the draft when the draft hits we're gonna re-ramp up coverage and uh because that's honestly my favorite part of the whole fucking thing i'm gonna be honest with you doing the draft stuff so uh keep your ears out for january february ish for some more bolt rent for those out there for bolt rent but yeah retro is gonna drop this weekend and then a little bit of a hiatus but we're good to go there and last, but again, the most important is the TikTok. God, do it. Got to get on air. Yeah. Oh, uh, and, 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 and get on fucking Facebook, okay? Travis Walker Anderson does not need to be MVP for the 948th day, okay? I don't need it. You don't need it. We don't need it. Get in there and be interactive. We all talk to each other. It's a fun social place. Max Wrestling on Facebook. Get in the group. Share some stuff. Oh, you you know you saw a post over here that you like. Throw it in there. Let's have a conversation about it. Let's be just as interactive as you people are on TikTok. You're gonna like this uh, today. Travis is on day 420. His group MVP. Of course he is. <laughs> of course he is. Jeez Louise. Um. So from what I say, from two weeks time. Uh, then you need to start posting in the group. I know we've had some posts recently from Uh-oh. people, so it, it's getting there. Getting there. Um, and in four weeks, it's our 400th episode. Let's go four weeks away. Uh, also, Throne Zone is still going strong. Um, yeah. Newest episode is out. We have two episodes of House of the Dragon left. Hopefully, we can do an episode for each one. If not, then we're going to be doing a double whammy for the grand finale. Um, but yeah, it's going good. <clears throat> I love it. And with that said, join us next week as we discuss everything that's been going on in wrestling, including Hangman versus Marks for the world title. Is MJF going to cash in his chip? We'll find out. On Wednesday, on Tuesday, next Tuesday. week. Tuesday, that's right. Goddamn baseball interrupting. <laughs> at, le- at least it's on before we do the show. Facts. <laughs> You've been watching the Gap and Mo. Goodbye, Mwah. and good night. Cipher, I'm telling you, baby, get that training going. Get it ready. <laughs> <laughs>